Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is I'm Patient. So anybody that knows me very well and has ridden with me in a car knows that's not true. I have places where I can be patient. I had my patience tested and I'm negative, so that was a good test to, to go through. I found a little story about a man observed a woman in the grocery store with a three-year-old girl in her basket. As they passed the cookie section, the child asked for cookies and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss and the mother said quietly, now Ellen, we just have half of the aisles to go don't be upset, it won't be long. He passed the mother again in the candy aisle. Of course, the little girl began to shout for candy. The mother said, there, there, Ellen, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. The man again happened to be behind the pair in the checkout, where the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum upon discovering there would be no gum purchased today. The mother patiently said, Ellen, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. The man followed them out to the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help but notice how patient you were with little Ellen. The mother broke in, my little girl's name is Tammy, I'm Ellen. (laughs) So, so I think that pretty much explains all that. I also found it very, you know, of all the names you could give to a person who goes to the doctor and has to wait outside to see a doctor, what do they call you? Patient, like that's going to help? You can't call me patient and expect me to be patient. And that's one of those areas that drives me nuts. You know, you make a doctor's appointment and two hours later, you're still sitting there like, what are they doing back there? Not very patient there either. I looked up this word patient. It's interesting how you can miss stuff. You think, well, I know what that means. And the basic definition, the quality of being patient is patience or a patient as the bearing, and listen to this definition, patient, as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss of temper, irritation, or the like. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay, to have patience with a slower learner, quiet, steady, perseverance, even-tempered, care, diligence, to work with patience. So I think of it, you know, if something's irritating, you know, which if you're waiting for something you really want, you don't care how long it takes. If you're in line for something, you're like, I'll sit here for three hours, I wanna be here. But if you don't wanna be there, now you're annoyed and now it doesn't go well. But there's another kind of patience that I don't know that we all understand or I don't think I completely understood what it is that I'm getting from God and we'll tie all this together with who he is and where you get the patience you really need to live the way he intends for you to live. And a ton of the patience that is required is tied to suffering, okay? So there's a few words in the Greek, and I'm not even gonna read them to you in Greek, but let me read you these definitions. And one of the words applied to a man who could avenge himself 
but did not. And the word gets translated in scripture a number of ways. And then this word is also used in reference to God and God's attitude toward humans. So part of God being patient, we'll see in a minute, is that he could act, but he is patient. Another way it's described is his long suffering. So you think, well, how is that patience? Because if you could do something and you decide to suffer a long time instead of act, then the person gets mercy because you could avenge yourself immediately. Another word that's used denotes leniency, forbearance, fortitude, patient endurance, long suffering, the ability to endure persecution and ill treatment. You say, well, I'm just hanging in there. No, it requires to be persecuted. You have to be patient. You say, well, what am I being patient for? For either the situation to change, go away, or God to do something in your life where you can hang in there. It also goes, it's described with two words, the word under and to remain under. It describes the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances, not with a passive complacency, but with a hopeful fortitude that actively resists weariness and defeat. Now I'm gonna read this again. You're under some load and God's kind of, this kind of patience, endurance, this long suffering gives you the ability to remain under whatever this is, not with a passive complacency, but with a hopeful fortitude that actively resists weariness and defeat. So when it is God's kind of patience, when he is working in and through your life in a situation, you don't look like you got beat up. You're being patient, but you don't lose your peace. You don't lose your love. You don't lose your joy. The fruit of the spirit, and we'll see that in a minute too, is manifest. And part of that fruit is this. All right, go to Exodus chapter 34. And we're going to plow left to right as usual and try to cover as many of these as possible. Exodus chapter 34, and let's actually read verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Now, what does that tell you? If you go back and read the story, Moses threw the first ones down that God had cut, carved out, and inscribed on. And now they got to go back and do it again. But now this time God's saying, okay, you carve them. You threw the first two down. Now you're going to have to carve these two out. So the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on those tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Not like they're not having a candid conversation about their relationship. So be ready in the morning and come in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. And no one shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, and this is what he says to Moses, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Okay, so how is God described here? Merciful, gracious, long-suffering. You say, well, how is he merciful? Look at the stuff he does. Look at the stuff he doesn't do. So I have enough respect and awe for God that every once in a while, I get to looking at little old me and going, you know what? People have been taken out for stuff like this. What am I thinking? 
Like, why would I mess with a holy God? Why would I go blaring down or just boldly, brazenly down this path as though nothing could happen? I think I've told you before the story about my little sister. I was maybe even too young to remember this myself, although I do have a faint memory of seeing this. My dad was 6'9", big man, and one day she did something, and he, I don't know, I could gesture, you couldn't see this if you're listening somewhere else, but if you remember, this doesn't happen anymore, but it's this gesture, you pull the belt this way, it pops that way, it then goes that way, and then it goes, it makes that noise. Whew, that still gives me chills hearing that noise. So, and then it usually got wrapped around the hand like this, right? Now, now that doesn't happen anymore, but probably does somewhere. So my sister did something and my dad, you know, he went through the belt routine, pulled that thing off, and she's like a little over four, and she reaches up and grabs that belt. Now, she had a hold of that belt and got it out of his hands and took off running. I can see, I can see my little sister. Somehow I still see her running down the hall with that belt thinking, wow, how cool is that? You know, so that all seems really cool till your six foot nine father who only has to take about two steps, boom, boom, and he's got you the belt and everything. You'd have been better off just not taking the belt, right? So why do we mess with this God? Why do we keep poking at him? And here's what it kind of is. This is what it is. And it's especially if you're doing this premeditatively. So you know in your head, you go, okay, here's a temptation, something I kind of like. I think I'll do this sin because this is the deal. This is the deal. I can cheat on you all I want because you will never leave me or forsake me, right? Now you're quoting scripture to God in order to enable your sin. You're telling him why you can do what you want to do and there's nothing he can do about it because he's already told you that he's long-suffering, that he's patient, that he's merciful. And so we abuse that. But here is the miscalculation. He can catch you. And he may be merciful still, but proof, and this is where you should get a little nervous, if you're not being disciplined by a loving God, there may be a chance you ain't in the family. So you say, well, I don't know what they keep talking about discipline. I just do whatever the, you know what I want to do and nothing happens. I didn't go up and down the street spanking everybody else's kids, right? I spanked my kids. I disciplined my children. They were my children. So if you think, well, wow, why is all this stuff happening? Find a mirror and say, you know, look in the mirror and say, Lord, is there anything I might be doing that's causing this? And you'd be amazed what you come up with because he will show you. So the Bible describes him, God basically saying, I'm patient. I am patient and he is patient. Go to Psalm 40. Some of you know this one by heart. Psalm 40 verse one, caption in my Bible says, faith persevering in trial. To the chief musician, a Psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. You demonstrate a ton of faith by even praying. You demonstrate a ton of faith by even waiting this way. When you wait patiently on the Lord and you don't take matters into your own hands, what you're saying is, I trust you, God. I am not gonna jump. So where do we get in trouble? We read the scriptures. So we ask someone for godly advice. They give us that advice. They say, wait. And we go, okay, I'll wait. And then we can't stand it anymore. The pain, the suffering, the trauma, the something's gotta happen. I am not gonna wait on God anymore. He ain't showing up. So if he's not gonna show up, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna make something happen. And then that's when the trouble begins. I waited patiently for the Lord and what happened? He inclined to me, he heard my cry. You say, well, how long do I have to wait? I don't know. 
but it'd be better to wait and have it his way than not wait and do it your way and then screw the whole thing up. And by the way, that word there for wait patiently is to expect. So you're not just sitting there and it's back to what that definition I read. You're not just sitting there like a bump on the log. You're sitting there going, okay, I'm waiting on you, but I'm expecting you to show up because I got no other options. I have made you my only option. You are my option. So if you don't show up, nothing's gonna happen. Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. Okay, that's who he is, but don't abuse it. Be glad it's there. Where's the guy that had the blood bank shirt on? Where's my blood bank at? Right there. See that guy in the red shirt? Carter Blood Bank, right? Now, he either got that at a garage sale or he got it for donating blood, right? So let me tell you something about a blood bank. He's gone, maybe you've gone, and you donate blood because if someone is in an accident or is sick and needs blood, they have a bank to make a withdrawal from. I don't know too many people who go, oh, I think that blood bank thing's really cool. If you got a razor, I'm gonna cut myself and bleed so I can go get some blood. Who would deliberately cut themselves just to tap a blood bank? That sounds absurd. Who would deliberately sin just to tap a blood bank that Jesus keeps? So if you start thinking about it that way, then when you go to do that thing, you go, ooh, that's not just gonna hurt me, that's gonna hurt him. You stop thinking just about yourself, you start thinking about how he might feel about you hitting that blood bank again. Second Corinthians, go to Second Corinthians chapter six, and let's go down, how about verse one there too. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. We're all the same place. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And back up there where he uses that word patience, it's cheerful or hopeful endurance. This is just a different way to live. And every once in a while people say, well, how do you know that about that person? How do you, you seem like you're judging, like there's just certain things you observe about people. Mature Christians see the world differently. And if you're walking with God and the fruit of the Spirit is being manifest, it's just gonna be different. And you say, well, but look at how you describe how you drive. I can drive in the Spirit and I can drive in the flesh. You say, how's that possible? I don't know, you tell me. What are you doing in the flesh and in the Spirit? Or do you ever even get in the Spirit? If you wanna find out, people come to me every once in a while and say, well, what kind of dad are you? Like, don't ask me what kind of dad I am, go ask my girls. You wanna know who I am? Go ask them, they see me, they've been raised in my house. 
Because if I'm a piece of work, it's a pretty good chance I'm gonna be a piece of work sooner or later in that house. And I'm not gonna be in the spirit all the time. You say, well, dude, I have no, you keep talking about this in the spirit thing. And like, what is that? That means you don't know what that is, right? I say, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what you're talking about the in the spirit thing. Well, why don't you get you some of that in the spirit thing? Pick a day and say, okay, Lord, I'm done with me. What's this gonna look like if we live this day your way? You ain't gonna be cutting in the front of the line, I can tell you that. Something's gonna change. Maybe you don't eat the same things you used to eat. Funny how that works. When I'm in the spirit, I don't eat certain things. When I'm out of the spirit, it's a dollar general day. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and you say, why do you say dollar general? Because you can get 10 boxes of, for a dollar a piece. I'm not paying any buck 73 for it. If I'm gonna sin, I'm gonna do it cheap. So you say, well, but you know, it doesn't work. I don't know, you're just talking about something, I don't know that works. Give it a day, give him a day, just try it a day. Galatians chapter five. So I've read this a few times recently, and this chapter talks about walking in the flesh or the lust of the flesh, walking in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, and what does it say down in verse 22? gives you all these things that are the works of the flesh, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, what? Long suffering, patience. So here's how this works. You find out, you read the scripture, you find out God says, I'm patient. And then he says, I want you to be patient. You say, I'm not patient. He says, you can be patient. I can't be patient my way. He says, then do it my way because I'm not just gonna help you be patient. I am patience. And if the fruit of the Spirit, if you allow the Spirit of God to live in your life and through your life, then this fruit is gonna start popping off your tree and this list of things, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all this stuff that we are not naturally starts to explode off the branches of our lives and we go, this cannot be anything but God. And then everybody else around us goes, dude, what happened to you? Because you're the most impatient person in the world. Now, let me tell you why the title is I'm patient. Pull an apostrophe and a space and what have you got? Impatient. You say, God, I need to space this thing out a little bit, drop a little apostrophe in here. And now impatient turns into I'm patient if you just let him do his thing. And by the way, the word apostrophe comes from the root word that means turning away, oddly enough. So you say, well, God, I'm just not this person then let him live in you and then let him live through you. Now, let me tell you where this goes wrong for some people. Some people get off being impatient. The Bible talks about not being angry, losing your temper. Some people get off being angry. So I say, you don't have to be that way anymore. And they say, I'm not interested in changing because this is how I like it. I'm not giving up my ability to explode and just wreak havoc with people. So what's your little deal? We all got something. And are you willing to yield that and say, Lord, okay, let's do it your way. See, if I'm 100% honest, I don't like driving in the spirit. You say, well, why wouldn't you like that? Because my flesh rages inside of me. I can go faster. I'm smarter. I'm better. I'm, you know, some arrogant crapola sneaks in your head and you think you're somebody and make a fool of myself because then all those people patiently waiting in line, some who are not even believers go, and for God's sake, if you're going to drive this way, do not put a fish on your car. <laughs> Forget the honk if you love Jesus. Slow down if you love Jesus. That's what it should say. 
Now, you say, well, dude, you're throwing yourself under the bus. This bus needs to slow down. Now, I've tried to be pretty vulnerable, a little vulnerable and open about these things so that you can't get off not being honest yourself. Because if I got something, I know you got something. So how long are we going to live this way? Are we going to die this way? Oh, I'm going to heaven. Yeah. But am I going to drive like a crazy person till I get there? So you're going to be angry till you die. You're going to eat poorly till you die. You're not going to take care of yourself. Because when the fruit of the spirit starts manifesting, you're going to be a different person. You may not know that person and a bunch of people around you may not know that person, but I'll tell you what, God can use that person. Read 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 1. Let's do two more here. 1 Timothy 1, verse 16. However, for this reason, I obtain mercy. This is Paul writing to Timothy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering, what? As a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So look how patient, how long-suffering God was with Paul. And Paul says, in me first, I obtain mercy. Here's another thing you can find out about people. People who have been forgiven much, the scripture says, love much. I can always spot somebody who's been forgiven much and understands what it is to be forgiven because they're merciful, they're loving, they're kind, they're patient, they're long-suffering. And they're not just, you know, judging somebody because they know what God has done for them and they realize what God can do for somebody else. And the other one's in 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Last one here. He says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. It's not that he's not keeping his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why doesn't Jesus come back today? Get us out of here. We're Christians, if heaven's so great and it is, and you died to get us here and you did, get us out of here. Part of the reason I'm trying to take better care of myself physically is I'm not interested in dying before my time. Because if Jesus has not come back yet in my lifetime, then it means the work is not done. There's still people to reach. So if I'm here and he hadn't come back, there must be work to do. So I need to take the best care of myself. And if I can be here at 70, 80, 90, whatever the number is, then I need to be here and do whatever it is he has for me to do to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish before he says it's over. So it's not that he's not coming back, but how does he view it? But is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he's waiting for everybody that's going to get on the boat to get on the boat, but he's also waiting for the people on the boat just riding on the boat to go fishing on the boat and help get the job done. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. And he's quoting Paul as also all his epistles speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You say, well, I'm impatient. Then change it to I'm patient. You say, how'd I do that? Get you some Jesus. And get you some Jesus, then let the spirit of God move in and take over your life. And then all this fruit starts to appear on the branches of your tree. And you say, well, I'm not sick of me yet. Let me tell you something. There's some, probably some people that are sick of you. Whether you've gotten there yet, you ask around, you probably won't have to ask too many people. Because when I'm a piece of work, it doesn't go well for everybody else. And I'm sure that's true for you. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talk sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.